Hi everyone and welcome to episode 242 of Mike White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Hey Alan. How's things mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks you. Yeah, all good. Managed to get done at work at a decent time so I can get this in before our last finishes work and I can start with parenting duties again then. It's much better timing. Um, and it's always better when you're coming in, even though it's, a couple, even though it's like three days later now, when you win, it basically means the rest of your week's good. Yeah, we can uh, we can put behind the uh, the blandness of of Rotherham. Now we've we've fully moved away to excelling in the second half of games, uh, defending on the front foot early on. Yeah, I mean, it's luckily Leeds can have nice boring starts to games now, as we saw against Swansea. Um, I still think the Swansea one was probably slightly more mental. <laughs> there was something about one of them being disallowed that made it weirder. Um, but this game was just an insane way to start. We'll just go straight into it and be fairly chronological. Leeds 3, Middlesbrough 2. Um, for the first half, there was no defending. Either team. None of it. Both teams played well going forward. Both teams couldn't quite get the press right. And both teams were good enough to take advantage of the press not being right. Um, so 1-0 in the third minute, Middlesbrough, they play their way through midfield. I've just seen the goal back. I haven't seen much back. I've just quickly watched the goals again. Joe Roden is in the middle of midfield, pressing high. In the way that we did with... Um, was it Strauch that did it on Cassidy away at Leicester? Like, they just pushed yeah. the centre right up. And we were doing that again in this. And on this occasion, we didn't get near them. They played the way through with a couple of quick passes. And suddenly, Al Bangura is out on the left with 25 yards to move into and no one near him. Brings it forward, plays a good ball down the channel. Uh, Emmanuel Latte Laugh, who I said, Middlesbrough look light up front, unless that Latte Laugh is any good, because I don't know all about him. And he was their best player. Um Cuts inside Archie Gray. I don't think it's been too critical to say far too easily cuts inside Archie Gray. I, I, I don't think it was very good defending. And he hits a very well-struck shot in at the near post, which Melier then seemed to be complaining at his defence about, but as far as I can tell, it just didn't look like very good goalkeeping. Having seen it back, I think it's because Roden turns slightly and he's saying, if you stand square, you might block that. But overall, I think it's one he probably should say. Yeah, as I'm looking at it, I think I think Ro- there's probably Roden and um, another striker in, in his sort of in front of him as the, the as the shots hit. Um, he probably could still do better. Shouldn't have got there really. Yeah, no, they, it's, but... uh, it's it's ultimately it's probably. The main criticism you have of Archie Gray from that game, because I think otherwise he he played very well. well um, it was a lot of people doing match. Yeah, it's it was and, good. It was very good. Whether it's whether it's one of those things just because it's happening in the first, you know, it's the first thing he's really had to deal with in the game, and he's maybe not got going, but he's just he he almost sends himself for a hot dog. To be fair, he just the the turn is is very simple. And he just doesn't seem to have his feet set for it. 
Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then the man, you know, the manic five minutes begins. Well, that was, I believe, that was the third minute. Uh, and then, so in the fifth minute, Middlesbrough actually break again quite well, play the way through, get to the edge of our box, and it's Strauch that makes a tackle in our own box. And it sort of gets popped out, and it's Somerville picks it up, brings it out through midfield, plays a really good ball out to Dan James. Dan James is running down on goal. The defenders don't come across because he's got a square pass on. So they just let him go, let him go, let him go. And Dan James, for some reason, tries to chip the keeper, which wasn't the right finish for the situation with a defender back on the line. But chips it past. It does beat Dieng, but cleared off the line. Which is, That clearance leads immediately recycle it, get it out to Jorginho Rutter, who has a pretty good chance. Good low drive, saved well by Dieng. And then they get it down for a second, go to play a pass, make a mess of the pass straight to Byron. Byron goes outside the defender, gets to the byline, his left foot, cross to the back post, loops up really high, and Dan James attacks it like Alan fucking Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> Just throws himself forward, out jumps him, strengths on everything, and heads it in the corner. Leeds end up with, you know, after conceding the goal in the third minute, Leeds have three excellent chances in the next 90 seconds. <laughs> and score the third one. It's one of those where I, I I am clearly one of those who is all for playing out from defence. But every now and again, <laughs> just just send it. Just send it, looked, it down the line. It looked like they were trying to uh, clip it into that Matt Crooks who looked like a really good player, them, but they just left it like 10 yards short. So it just went straight to Byron. Yeah, the Byron one is is absolutely nowhere near, and and the fact it's perfectly weighted for him to bring it down, yeah, and, and then go around the outside. Um, yeah, I I I can only imagine you'd be very disappointed getting beaten by Dan James, and and if you look, the the defender essentially has his back to James, so he's really got. No sort of no, you know, no decent starting position at all for it. Yeah, um, he doesn't know where the attacker is. He isn't set to jump. I don't think he's 100 percent sure where the ball is either. No. Whereas although he's got a few inches on that, and he also isn't that big himself. He's bigger than Dan James, but Dan James has because of where he's making the run from and how well timed the run is, he can see the whole picture and the defender can see maybe a quarter of it. Again, we've always said about Dan James, it times his runs to perfection. Um, one of one of his, his best qualities. Um, never gets caught offside, silly. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and, and you just look and go, wow, a towering header from from Dan James. Whatever next. Yeah, whatever next indeed. Uh, but obviously good to get an equaliser very quickly and the crowd this was the bit where the crowd did really get up for it because it was fairly flat for a lot of the game but at this stage it was really going uh, literally 90 seconds or so later uh, Roden brings it out from the back we play the way through it's uh, Roden into Gray who tucks it inside for James James inside to Rutter if I remember Rutter like drives in at the defenders and ends up with four defenders all around him so when he squares it out wide to Archie Gray, 
he's got 10 yards of space. So it's a decent first down cross from Gray. It's a little bit short considering it was in the box. But Paddy McNair's flick on turns it into a perfect cross. Uh, flicked on and Crescencio Somerville diving header like Lee Chapman. <laughs> Who I believe because I saw it on Twitter, I think it might be his birthday today or yesterday or something. It, I was, saw uh, it was David Batty's a couple of days ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Because the uh, the highlights the the admin shows was uh, David Batty beats up Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, it is Lee Chapman's birthday today. Happy birthday, Lee Chapman! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some some of the he doesn't get it right in the corner, but he gets plenty of power on it. And because because the cross originally was going to be short, Dieng is favouring towards his near post, and the flick on makes it very difficult for him to get across to it. And yeah, a hell of a seven minutes to start the game. Yeah, Dieng gets his hand to it. Um, but yeah, he's he's starting from his front post. And as soon as McNair gets that touch, he he's just trying to scramble back across. Um, but yeah, just what's, the, what's that? Eight minutes, nine minutes have we got so far into this game? Um, it's, I, I think, I think it's, I love According to uh, BBC Sport website, some of those goals was in the seventh minute. Okay, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you just you just look in thinking this is madness. Like you'd be you'd be so disappointed. Not only with some of what happened in the build up to those goals, but the, the two smallest players on the pitch have scored headers. You'd be bitterly disappointed. Um, well, I mean, we'll go, it's worth mentioning now. He was. I mean, like... <laughs> um, yeah, Michael Michael Carrick's uh, post match was was interesting. Although, although I will say, um, there was part of, part of me did think right, but do think about the number of chances you created in this game, Michael. It, it wasn't many. Um, it... It wasn't loads, but it was. There was. I mean, there was I'm not going to lie. There was some big chances in there. Yeah. Like I mean, like not the next real chance in the game. Uh, that Matt Crooks again, who was a weird player, because he was like playing quite deep, and he was pretty skillful and pretty creative, but he looked like a just big shit house lump of a forward. Hmm. Uh, but he looked pretty good. But he played a really good through ball again for that latter laugh. And uh, Melier came flying off his line and made a really good save to deny him. Um, and that was like one of the bigger chances we had. They also had a free header, didn't they? That, that again, that laugh put over. Yeah, they didn't have shitloads of chances, but they were nearly all big ones. <laughs> we uh. I think then we entered the portion of the game where it was decided that pulling a shirt was uh, was not a bookable offence at all. Yeah, there was two of them in a row, weren't they, down Leeds' right, their left, where they just got away. And the most blatant fact, you know, those professional, oh, you, you take a yellow and move on, you see it every game. And there was two of them in the space of about four minutes where neither of them were yellow cards. And then Ruta did it chasing back the exact same thing. Something that absolutely was a yellow and got booked. And that's when the crowd started really losing the rag with the ref. Because it's 
it absolutely was a yellow, but the other two were as well. Um, I think obviously we'll come on to it, but it says a lot that the ref got booed off at half time when he'd given us a penalty. Yeah. Um it was it was it was quite frustrating with a couple of those because there's uh if I remember rightly, I think the first one's on Dan James and it's just absolutely cynical. Like it's it's the most blatant no, you're no, yeah. you're just not getting past. Um really, which again for a referee who I, I I thought for the most part I think outside of that, I didn't really have many issues with. It, it just seemed to be not giving these bookings that, especially for fullback, you know, if you full back against Dan James, if, if that happens to you in the first half, it, you, you know, as a fullback, it's a bit of a problem when you're defending against someone as, as quick as that. But um, yeah, and then. Um, you know the aging Paddy McNair. His his legs aren't up to it anymore. And yeah, we we realised on the last podcast in KC he had it in his head that Paddy McNair was about thirty five when he's twenty eight. Yeah, that legs um, are gone, mate. And and you know what? I've been proof, right? But in fairness, he was their best ball playing defender by the looks of it. And he goes off injured, and on comes Matt Clark. Now, if I remember rightly, Matt Clark is the one that scored that own goal for Derby on the day where they had to give us the guard of honour when we showed up pissed and beat him. Right. It's not when Mateus Clicks sat around just giving him shit. Yeah. Um, like, and he, he came on and everyone sort of remembered him. And the, the topic in the stand was, oh, that is him. He He's never looked any good against us. Anyway, 20 seconds later, <laughs> uh, Dieng, shit kick from Dieng, uh, straight to Ampadu. Ampadu doesn't waste any time, plays it straight back first time into Little Ant Edget Box. But, uh, turns past Clark. Clark sort of... He doesn't make the worst fist of the first attempt at a tackle, but Rutter still gets past him. And then he just grabs his leg as he's going by. And it's... Rutter does still get the shot away very weakly, like on a 45-degree angle, but pulled back lightly for a penalty. I must admit, you have to point out when it happens. Good refereeing, because how often do they refuse to give it if someone gets the shot away? Even when it's a blatant penalty? It was, um, yeah. I think I think we had a very good angle for it as well from from where we are because you just see Clark gets beaten, goes to ground, and just grabs his leg. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a panic, isn't it? You go, oh shit! Yeah. And just <laughs> if you if you watch the extended highlights as well on the on the Leeds channel, uh, Matt Clark's coming on as a substitute is like a seeing a yellow card on match of the day. It's that yeah. level of foreshadowing that nothing to see here. Just a just a first half substitution. Nothing to worry about. Um, yeah, obviously they get very unlucky with 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 the kick because um, it falls straight to straight to us. Um, I can't remember who it was that picks it up in the first place. Um, oh, it's Ampadu. Yeah, it's as it's Ampadu. He plays it straight. Like the thing that's good about it. It would have been so much easier to take a touch in that situation. But he goes straight for the pass. Don't give him any time to settle. And I'm guessing as well, because sort of Kamara is en route for that pass as well. And I don't know if he gets the shout from Ruter to leave it, but he he lets it go past him. Um Ruter with a decent touch and turn. 
and yeah, just madness. It can't do your confidence any good at all when that happens to you. Anyway. No, not not when that's your start. Um, yeah. And then Joe Peru step Joe Peru steps up with the penalty, and for the first time since Rafinha, I was confident that Leeds were going to score the penalty. I think the first words <laughs> I heard from someone are Patrick Bamford is not on the pitch. <laughs> um, who who we will come on to. Uh, I haven't actually. I haven't got that for any notes, so you'll have to remind me. But yeah, that was a story of it. But I mean, the end goes the right way, but it's too good a penalty to serve. Yeah, he just nice penalty uh, from a, a striker who I thoroughly trust with a penalty. Yeah, he, it was a, it was a difference in atmosphere because there was a thing going on that it, it. I think it was roughly that like Leeds is. If if you were if you made penalty XG specific to Leeds instead of being like 0.74, it would be 0.5. Because we miss about half of them. Oh um, dear. Yeah. But he hammered it. Um good penalty. Le- Leeds then, you free one up. And we're also on top at that point. And you are now thinking, right, we should be okay here. But the thing that I've pointed out a few times this season, and I'm not the only one. We do seem to have a thing about going to sleep at the end of halves. And Buller get a corner. Uh, if we Dan Ballard uh, yeah, in it's a good one, but if we played by defend. rugby if we played by rugby times, we'd be fine. You know, if we put in a solid eighty minutes, I think we'd all be fine. But um Yeah, it's it's one of those annoying things that's just becoming a touch too common is is conceding at that stage of a half. And I know it's it's not as bad when you're when you're still going in at half time with a three two lead, but um you know, it, it does kind of send the opposition in with something to hang on to. Um and it's it's I can only imagine if you park it, it must be getting really frustrating for him to, to have to go in at several half times and think like, lads, could, could you not? Could, yeah, I mean, could one of you just head that away, please? Yeah, having just seen the goal back, it looks like it was probably that it should have been Byron's ball, but he sort of got under it. Uh, yeah, he, he seems to be leaning back as he's attacking it, doesn't he? Yeah. It's a good header again that Emmanuel Laff, who went when they took him off in the second half, he must have been exhausted because I couldn't believe they were subbing him. Um, yeah, but yeah, when it came in at 3 2, and a 3 2 that could have easily been sort of 5 4, because I mean, Ruto had a great chance in the uh, a bit earlier on in the first half as well that he should have done better with. There was a couple of really good chances to break where both teams didn't use the space properly that they could have had. Because there was just no defending for long periods. Um, but 3-2 at half-time. And if you would have offered me 10-1 to 1 on nil-nil second half, I don't think I'd have backed it. No. Um, actually, just having a look. Uh, probably someone to focus on a little bit. For, for the first half as well is is Ruter, who seemed to cut something of a frustrated figure for most of the afternoon. 
Um, yeah. You know, he had that he had that chance sort of midway through the first half where he, he gets it out of his feet and he's he seems to have a good five ten yards in front of him, and he absolutely lashes at it with his with his left foot from about twenty five yards and it and it goes flying over and, you, and you're just kind of looking going that's that's not really you. Is, you yeah, know, normally sort of... he's he's more likely to try a pass when he should shoot than try a shot when he should pass. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, he had that he had that chance where he goes sort of one on one from the right hand side with Dieng and and just hits it low at his feet. Um, and in, in the second half, he had the biggest chance of the lot where he's clean through, goes right footed for the corner, and in the ground, it looked like he had just missed, and it was just a shite finish. And a goal kick was given, but apparently I haven't seen it back yet. But apparently that was actually a really good save. So it yeah. wasn't quite as bad a miss as it looked, but still won. Is that the one where it just looks like he's just curled it wide from the center of goal? Yeah, it was. He had a weird game, did Rutter. I mean, he was still very effective. He still was beating his man constantly, getting into good positions, being creative. He was still well worth being on the pitch, but he did have a bit of a weird game, and he did look pissed off. I think he, but just with himself, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I was surprised he he ended up staying on as long as he did. Like, I, you know, it's it's one of those things with players of that sort of quality, especially as a striker. There, there is always the chance they will do something out of nothing, and you kind of forget about the rest of the the rest of the performance, but. Um, especially once he ended up on a yellow card, you were thinking he he probably needs to come off sharpish. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't until what eighty something minutes that he finally went off. Uh, the second half, they definitely could have been more goals, but we were like I thought we were the better side throughout it. Really, they. I, I do think Middlesbrough deserve a lot of credit. I thought they played pretty well, but we just had... It was as if both teams were playing probably to similar levels, just that we had better players. So we looked more of a threat than they did. The main incident was obviously that Dykesdale got booked in the first half for clipping Somerville. And then there was one just... Ball got away from him a little bit. Dan James fl- gets it away and he's just late on him. There's no malice in it, but it's just it's late and it's a yellow card every day at week. Yeah, especially the you know the ball's in behind him and he's and Somerville's running towards goal. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yellow card, but it's it's one of those things. Um, so did Somerville and, and James, I thought again, sort of crit cause probably more so through. The first half, but were causing problems for the fullbacks most of most of the afternoon. Um, and, yeah, and sort of like as I said before, in terms of the the one on Dan James not getting the yellow card in the first half, that's that's sort of why if you got players like that who are just constantly going to be rolling off your shoulder, um, there's every chance that sort of thing happens. Yeah. But So it leads against 10 men, but it still leads. We'll still figure out a way. Obviously, we've been pressing really high in this game, all game. Kamara was, I mean, there were, you know, there's that old quote, you know, you can pair up if you like and you can bring your fucking dinner because by the time I'm done with you, you're going to need it. Well, Glenn Kamara earned his fucking dinner. He ran around 
he was everywhere just pressing, but we were still pressing so high, so high. And then once in the second half, we misjudged it and they just got past us and suddenly they had three on two. And it was a Silvera that went through, hit the shot. I think it was deflected off Strauch. It sort of looped up and hit the post. And that was one thing that you thought was a big let off, but it fell to Morgan Rogers, who basically has an, un, an open goal. And Joe Roden makes as good a block as you are going to see this season. Absolutely yeah. throws himself at it. It's a brilliant piece of defending. Heroic is this yeah. is the term I would use for it. Um, I didn't think I was going to be hearing a, a quote from John sitting on this podcast anytime soon, so that was a, a nice little... I would, have, I would have said that, but I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> there was, and it was clearly part of the plan. Um, because there's a few times when, and as you spoke about with, with the first goal we conceded, that Roden's quite high up the pitch, Strauch would, would often go, Yeah, it was normally uh, one or the other, but. There was nearly always one of them basically in midfield. And then, yes, and then uh, Kamara's pushed very high up. Um, and, and and he can run all day. He can he can absolutely do that. Um, and, and like you say, it, it just caused problems for them. Not that I think Dieng minded too much because he clearly loves having the ball anyway. Um, but they, they, like, you were watching them go... Right, but you are now playing out of your six-yard box. Mm. And like even even I was looking at it going, this is a bit nervy. Oh, I mean, we really, you know, it's sort of the thing now. He's a goalkeeper that invites pressure, and if he's hundred percent on it, that makes it easier to beat the press because he can leave the pass later. Yeah, but he has a mistake in him, and he made a couple with the ball at his feet. One of them, which basically directly led to the third goal. He made a couple of good saves. He's a good goalkeeper, but it does scare the life out of you. When, I mean, when Melier does it, it does. People, the crowd are finally starting to get used to it a little bit when he just puts his foot on it and waits. But it's it's never going to go away. Um, but yeah, Leeds then, they just managed to hang on. We maybe could have got one late on. Uh, there was a good ball in from Nonto, which Bamford made a really... Really good flick header on after he came on. DM made a good serve and he come Pirot just like instinctively shoves a toe at it. And if it goes anywhere other than straight back at the goalkeeper, it's a goal. But it does. That was probably the biggest chance later on, other than their one hitting the post. Uh in the end, deserved win. But Middlesbrough, I think, will end up higher than they are now. Because Middlesbrough are 12th. From having watched a lot of the teams this season, I, I reckon they'll still get in the playoffs. Yeah, they seem to, they seem, and I think they've got a few players out at the moment as well, and they still seem to be doing yeah. all right. Um, I, I think, I think for me ultimately, I was, I was probably quite disappointed that we didn't tried to change it, especially after the red card, because it, 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 again, and I, and I feel like I'm I'm saying this every week now, it, it kind of felt like we, we just didn't have the intensity that we needed to in the second half, and like, we didn't make any changes till the 82nd minute. And, and Yeah, I was it. surprised that um, I thought Bamford had come on earlier, and I thought Nonto would have probably come on earlier as well. Yeah, I'd and there's part of me thinks like if if you're Nonto and and if you've got a bit of a point to prove, 
purely in terms to in terms of trying to get a place back in the team. You've got so little time to get back in the game in that amount of time. Because mm. um, I, I said to you on Saturday, I, I wonder come January if someone like Jade Nanta looks and goes, well, I'm sort of wasting my time here. I might, you know, is it worth him looking for a loan elsewhere? Not through any fault of his own. Like, we, you know, you can't knock Dan James and, and Crescencio Somerville for the form they're in. Mm. But he is he is the fourth choice winger here. And I think he probably came here, and especially looking at the situation when he arrived, thinking, I will probably get into this team fairly comfortably. Um, we- and, it, and it's and it's not happening for him. And again, like I said, through, through no fault of his own. But, and do we need to be covering the wages of someone like that who's not going to play that often while we've still got Perveda? Yeah, I mean, I think that he will be allowed also because at some point one of the wingers is going to get injured. Like it will happen, and that's when they'll fight out and get their chance. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure that he's frustrated because when he came here, he probably thought that like Nonto, he probably thought that Nonto was the one that was nailed on, hmm. and maybe I can get in ahead of the other two. And it's turned out that some of the Germans have been that good. Yeah, but like, I'm, just, I'm just looking through the side. I thought. I thought Byron was really good again. Not perfect, but really good. Uh, just like, uh, uh, other than the... I thought he got done a little bit easily on the first goal. Archie Gray was excellent all game. There was a couple of times where he got a bit overconfident with the try to turn out of trouble. And where you would go as far as saying, no, that was a bad decision. You put yourself under needless pressure there. You didn't need to. But, you know, you'd rather they have the confidence to do it than not do it. Uh, I... I think I ended up saying that I gave Goncabara man at match and most of it was just for how brilliant he was off the ball. He was really I mean, good. You just think as well, his his ability to to turn out of pressure, you know, when he pulls that L turn off and just and just starts heading towards Borough's goal midway yeah. in our he did half. A, he did a brilliant one in the first half, didn't he? Yeah, and he, and he does it quite a few times and it's... He, he seems to. It's not so much that he's faint, that he's sort of fainting in one direction. He just seems to stand up. So it's almost like it's quite difficult to read him more than him like dropping the shoulder mm. than anything else. And this ability to just sort of clear five yards as quickly as he does. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's playing with so much confidence now. But like you said, and his pressing was fantastic. Yeah. Um, there is one little bit of new. I mean, the 21s game un- unsurprisingly got called off, as did the 18s, all that stuff. There is one bit of news. Uh, something that only happens really with South America a lot and sometimes in North American stuff as well. Colombia are playing a couple of friendlies, not in the international break. They're playing Venezuela on the 10th and Mexico on the 16th in the United States. Uh, one of the players called up, and even though Lee do not have to release him, they have said, "Yeah, all right, Jan Pavera." Yeah, but from from what I've read, it's kind of a case of, and I don't know about the, the nations they're playing, but it seems to be sort of a collection of fringe players and those who were available. Yeah, um, you remember a few see- years ago, Mexico got like very nearly got to FIFA World Number One, and it was because they played a load of these. But second string Mexico 
was way better than second string all the countries around Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so by the end of the year, they'd played 15 more games than all these other teams around them and won 13 of them. <laughs> but they are full international, so it will be his debut. Yeah. Good for him. You know. Yeah. Um... And if, I, if I was Daniel Farker, I'd let him go as well. Like, he's, he isn't... He, he probably isn't going to play that much, and it's a big opportunity. I mean, as we were just saying about Jaden Anthony, Pervader's behind him. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think he... Pervader is one of those. He is a player that Fark likes, but he, in, just into when you're talking James, Somerville, Anthony, Nonto, he's just not on that level. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, and I don't think it does him any harm to for him to go away to to be to get a bit of international experience. I know he's uh, he he had it with is it under England under nineteens. He was with he's he's had some youth English youth uh, youth caps, I believe. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I'm I'm relatively sure that you're right about that. But yeah, it's a it's a really good chance for him, and also oh, a, bit, a bit of a chance for him to put himself in the shop window. Yeah, he played 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, and under 20s. Oh, okay. For England. Um, but, you is know... This on, is, this, is this on top of all the teams he played for in his youth career as well? Yeah, he moved around a lot, didn't he? Arsenal, Chelsea, Brentford, Barca, Man City. I'll tell you what. You know when you just read that out as a list? There's one because, team there. It's because he's, he's clearly got loads of talent, though, and he just isn't... And I'd say he's not a kid anymore. He's twenty three. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's the way that you talk about it. It's like Shackleton. You're like, you a good player. You're just not quite good enough to get in this side. So you, you, in the summer, you'll probably have to go somewhere where you will. But we don't want rid of you because we know you're good. <laughs> it's like it's a weird. Yeah, one. he's. Without playing that much, like I, I know he played a bit more early doors because of because of the situation, but he's not really featured much outside of a couple of subs appearances. Mm. I, I think he's turned quite, myself included. I think he's turned quite a few around on him because I, I kind of looked at, at him when he was last playing for us and thought, well, loves to get. Yeah, you know, loves to have a go at people, a bit of a turn, but there's not a lot of end products there. And there seems to be more of an end product now. And and I think a bit more, I, I think a bit more endeavour from him as well on the defensive side. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if a couple of, uh, you know, the loans have, have helped him with that. Yeah, that, I know it wasn't the greatest stand in the world, but he did get... He did get a few, uh, quite a lot of games when he was at Blackpool, didn't he? And that would have helped. Yeah, just looking here, 24 games for, for Blackpool in the Championship, 10 for Blackburn, and obviously that one was was interrupted by a, a bad injury. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I'd, hopefully he, he does well, and if nothing else, he puts himself in a shop window for, for someone to think I, he might be worth a punt in January. Yeah. Um, so... That puts us, we are seven points behind it, so it's still eight behind Leicester. I think the under, the bit that's sort of being undersold is we are now 10 points clear of seventh. 
And I think that's that's pretty good going. Because that's the minimum for this season. The minimum yeah. is the playoffs. So, like, if 10 points clear of that, you are doing quite well and you just hope. And hopefully we end up better than that. Uh, Saturday, half 12. Is this actually on telly or did it just get moved for police? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm not either. Weirdly, it's a. But as as always, away at away at Blackburn, we will have a billion tickets for this, which is always good to see. So yeah, Blackburn away Saturday half twelve. Um, Blackburn uh, this season is... are seven. Oh. Sorry, it is, it is not on TV. All right, cool. It might it might even be on the red button though, because it's outside of the. It still will be done before the blackout. Uh, the thing I'm looking at just says it will not be shown on TV in the UK. Ah, oh, right. Um, oh, well, then it isn't. Then, then it'll be other means. The as if the, yeah. the visual radio, as as it has been described elsewhere, through, uh, through my usual cable network nefarious means. Yeah, um, they're seventh at Blackburn. You know, a good side. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but Sammy Smodix, who's been playing number 10 for them, has just cannot stop scoring goals. Uh, I now have it up. This, in 19 appearances, he has 14 goals and two assists, which is pretty outstanding. Um, they've got that Andrew Moran, the Irish kid from Brighton, who's uh, rated really highly, and they've got him on loan as well. He's meant to be really good. Uh, Adam Wharton in midfield is one of them that everyone wants. They've got um, they got two Whartons. They've got a centre back as well, haven't they? It's Wharton. Yeah, that I believe is Scott Wharton. Yeah, yeah. But um, him, I know less about. Like Adam, please. Like, at the start of the third season on Football Manager, I have Adam Wharton as one of the midfielders on my bench. Because he's expected to get very good, and therefore he gets really good on the game. Um, don't know much about the keeper, but Walsh. Uh, Harry Pickering's a pretty good left back. Uh, I, I don't put any stock in like who scored ratings and stuff, but James Hill at right back is average rating is very high, so he must be having an all right season. Can I, can we take a moment for the the man with? Uh, no vowels in his first name, Tyree Stolen. T Y R H Y S. Fantastic. Well done. Yeah, they also his, uh, his name was they, chosen by a game of Scrabble. They have got the also the much less dodgy Sigurdsson, haven't they? Uh, yes, yeah, and yeah. Arno Sigurdsson. He's I've heard pretty good things about him, as well as uh, Joe Rankin Costello, who he can play fullback both sides, and he's meant to be pretty good. Mm. Um, but yeah, looking at this, when you look at the way that like the stuff is spread around their team, like they have a, a couple of players on two goals, a couple of players on three, and then Sammy Smodix on fourteen. So if he's going to be playing at ten, there's your job, Ethan Ampadu, for this game. You, if you can stop Smodix, you, you've got a pretty good shot at winning this game. Yeah. Just, um, just sort of looking at their recent form. Very, uh, very inconsistent. You're going from beat Millwall, lost to Swansea, 
beat Norwich, but had a man sent off. Lost to Preston, beat Stoke, beat Birmingham, lost to Chef Wednesday. Yeah, and apparently that game last time out against Chef Wednesday, they were really shit. Like, oh, and that man we were speaking about, Bailey Kadamatri scored. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Well done. That um, wasn't here, was it? So we should probably mention, I think it was in the pub we were talking about Bailey Kadamatri. <laughs> oh, was it? I can't remember well, if it was on. I can't remember well, if it was on here or not. But we were on about how. But I remember us being. I remember young Danny Kadamatri coming on as the youngster for Everton, and now I'm seeing his kid play. Yeah. But yeah, by uh, all accounts, uh, Blackburn were absolutely awful. Last time out. It's a one. It's to be honest. It's classic leads that I'm looking at here because you've sixty. Blackburn had sixty four percent possession, eighteen shots, five on target. Wednesday. 13 shots, eight on target. Yeah. Very, very clinical. Based on what I saw on Twitter, there was no Blackburn fans saying like, oh, we got lobbed there. It was just one of that. They, they all felt that they weren't very good. Um, yeah, they are very much a mixed up and down team. Like Leeds being away from home and being like a decent amount of odds on, is it's surprising, but we're short for every game at the minute because we are playing really well. Mm. Um, we obviously don't... Other than Perveda, we don't know anything about injuries yet because nothing's been said. No, the, what was it? The, I think from last time, Furpo, they expected was about three weeks. So Yeah, and Gelhart is a couple of weeks as well. Um, I'm just trying to think if we have any particular injury concerns coming out of the game, but I don't think we did. Ethan Ampadu was taken to having a little sit down every now and again in most games to, to have a bit of a stretch, which always worries me. Um, but no, no, there's nothing I can remember coming out of Saturday. No, I do wonder if they might make one change because obviously we've got this and then we've got Sunderland away Tuesday night, which you know it's mm. not it's not an easy two games in both days. If he is fit, I do wonder if we might see Spencer at right back for Gray for this one. Yeah, potentially. Um, um, so I mean, I know he's only he's only really had the one chance start, and again, I wonder if he looks at sort of those fixtures and think and thinks about potentially putting Gruev in for one of them. Um, like I, although I know it's probably a bit harsh judging him by it because obviously Stoke was a, a poor game generally, hmm. um, but he's just kind of got reverted back to Gruev off the bench with ten minutes left. Yeah. But when I look at us at the minute, I can that's the only change I can see, to be honest. I think it's either unchanged or Spence plays. I would yeah. quite like to see him play Spence, to be honest. Because in theory, he's as good a right back slash right wing back as anyone in this league. And yeah. you sort of do need now that he's fit, you do need to play him. He needs minutes. And Archie Gray having a little bit of a rest won't do him any harm. It also gives us the option of playing him for half an hour if Kamara's knackered after 60 minutes from running his arse off. Yeah. That's, um, like you say, if you're going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, and then not long after that, we're, we're into the Christmas period. Um, 
you know, so you'd think it might be a time to, even if it's just off the bench, get a few players a bit a bit of game time before they they might be needed in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we have not. I haven't had a prediction off Connor yet because this has come together a bit last minute. I will tweet his out closer to the time. But uh, Alex has gone for one apiece for this. Uh, I'm going to go for. What? Oh, oh, they they've got white on their kit. We will be in an away kit. Uh, will will we be in the like yellowy one? I was um, thinking that because. Obviously, our blue is much darker. Mm. Like, I would like to think they could distinguish between those two kits. Yeah. But it's... I think it'll be City of Culture third kit, won't it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go full on into the superstition and I'm going to say we get beat 2 1. Uh... Because normally when I say that, we play better. Uh, I'm going to go back to us winning and I'm going to say 2 0 win. No win. In fairness, we, when we went a bit negative on the last one, we weren't. Um, it's not like we were millions of miles off. Um, but no, that will be. It should be a good game. This again, uh, probably I could do with us not having quite as insane a start as the last two games. Well, what three goals in seven minutes and two goals and one disallowed in four minutes. Yeah, is the last two. So we could maybe do with being a bit calmer than that. But again, I'm just looking through. And as with most games at this level, player for player, I just think we've got that side. But Sammy Smodix is playing that well that if you don't stop him, he will punish you. And that you can't if if a player if a team is just good, but has one great player in a key position, that can really lift a team. Blackburn are a bit like that at the minute, so we need to stop him. Yeah. Um yeah, you, you you're very much looking at Ethan Ampadu, aren't you, to to have a to have a really good game. And to be fair, with how he's done this season, I don't think it'd be too much of a problem for him to keep that up. Yeah. Well, for the Middlesbrough game, I said the two I'd pick out is probably Roden and Dan James. And James had a big effect. Roden did in a way as well, but I don't think Roden tactically did as much as I would have done. Looking at this, I would probably go if I was picking someone out that needs to have a good game, Ampadu, as we've said, and probably Byram, because it looks as if that Milan plays on the right for them most of the time, and he, what I've seen of him, looks like a really good player. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could probably do with maybe Strout picking up a little bit as well. I think he's been fine the last couple of games, but... Yeah, he has had a little bit of off-form, hasn't he, for a couple Yeah. But as he's just working his way back from the surgery and stuff, it's probably down to that. Yeah. And then, in theory, we will, uh, with the Sunderland game being the Tuesday night, we will have to get a fairly quick turnaround after the Blackburn game, so poss possibly even the Sunday. Yeah. If it, if it works out. But that will do us for episode 242. Seven, seven home wins in a row. You didn't... Uh, you wouldn't have expected even dropping down a level that feels nice. Yeah, I, you know, smashing records this season: seven home wins in a row, uh, thirteen away draws in the FA Cup. It's all oh yeah, I didn't even. That's that's how resigned I was 
to that FA Cup draw. I didn't even mention, yeah, it's Peterborough away. <laughs> didn't even, didn't even, I wouldn't even bother saying the team, just it's away. It's away. You knew it was going to be away <laughs> before it happened. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that like... game where, when we put when we put the subs out, we lose and we all move on from the FA Cup. Yeah. Well, um, obviously that is one of our likely unlikelies from UK. So it leads to progress through three rounds of Eva Cup, and we didn't do it in the League Cup. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember now if I meant three rounds total between the cups or in one. Uh, I will have to listen back and I th- check. I think I might. Uh, but I've written on, it down as of either. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that will do us for episode 242. I've been Jack, see you. I've been Casey, and uh, go get yourselves a new patch.